ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Welcome to a very festive episode of History Creeps! Oh, what was that? Santa is scared! Ho, ho! Ah. I'm one of your hosts, Santa Claus! And I'm joined by somebody who's festive, lively, and just full of creepy cheer, Carter Johnson! Hey, hey, hey. He's kind of freaking me out. Just, maybe that's me, but... And to my left in the chimney that's not even real, uh, a man who, who's red and white. And why is he red and white? Probably because he's so embarrassed to be in this episode with me. It's Chris Chavez. <laughs> What's up? Ho, ho, ho. That's my line. <laughs> now you guys are both freaking me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. We're back. History Creeps podcast. Before What's up, guys? Christmas. Our Christmas special. This is our holiday Christmas special. Uh, yeah, we have the trees in the living rooms. We have the stockings up. I've got my eggnog. I've got my eggnog. The nog of egg. Made I perfect, hate eggnog. Made perfectly. Well, Dude. My eggnog's good. That's what they all say. As the show as the as the show continues and my speech begins to slur more and more, you'll realize how good my eggnog is. Exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you guys are all decorated, you guys have your trees up and stuff? Our tree's up. We haven't decorated it yet, and we haven't done the outside of the house, but we're going to do that this week. Same. Just put my tree my up. I haven't decorated yet. I, my tree is up. It is decorated. It has lights on it. I have lights on in my bedroom, even, at my uh, the History Creeps studio. <laughs> the lights are up here. The creepy chamber. Yeah, and a creepy chamber full of Funko Pops. <laughs> the chamber of creeps. Yeah. I was just going to say that chamber of creeps. I kind of like the sound of that. Exactly. Yeah, it sounds like a Harry Potter book. Sweet. It does. <laughs> so what's Just up, guys? Like it's it's the holiday season. It's Christmas time, and uh, it's history creeps time. It is indeed. It's history Christmas creeps time. Oh yeah. Or Christmas history creeps. Oh yeah. Oh. What uh? What are you guys? What are you guys asking for Santa? What are you asking for for Christmas from Santa? Anything creepy? Um, well, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, or if our, if our listeners are aware of this, if we have any horror movie aficionados, but, uh, Vestron, the old, uh, film company from the eighties is re-releasing all of their movies, um, on Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, so far I have Chopping Mall, Blood Diner, and Waxwork 1 and 2. And, and they're getting ready to put out uh, Chud 2 and Return of the Living Dead 3. So I'm asking for those for Christmas. I'm not a Return of the Living Dead fan, but I need it because they're all numbered and because a friend of mine uh, worked on the bonus features. Oh, so. nice. Nice, nice, nice. What about you, Johnny? Well, I've personally uh, sent a letter to Santa Claus, and he's responded because I'm such a good boy. <laughs> Uh, I said, here, here, here's my letter. I got a copy of my letter right here. Let me put it out. <laughs> Dear Santa, hey, this is Johnny. How have you been? How's the wife? What about the elves? Well, that's the end of the small talk. I've been a good kid here. <laughs> I've been a good kid this year, and it would, it would behave me greatly and fill me full of joy and and candy canes if you could. Please, this year, bring me a robot that I can pretend is my girlfriend. Thank you, Santa Claus. Thank you. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, uh, hugs and kisses. XOXO. Here's some. Uh, here's a cookie I sent you. You, uh, you know you don't need Santa for that. There's a company in Japan that, <laughs> that makes robot girlfriends. I Go actually on. wrote about robot girlfriends in my last book. So Did you really? I did. Wait, hold on a second. I so did. you're a, you're a horror writer. So this had to be in a horror sense, right? No, actually, my last book was a science fiction novel. Oh, okay. And it's set in the future in 2027. So there are uh, robot girlfriends. 
All right, so Carter, now don't tell me the answer to this because we don't want to give any spoilers out for your book. But <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that it didn't go well. <laughs> no, actually, it's a perfectly, you know, it's a consumer industry like in Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, or, uh, as in, uh, what's that Will Smith movie with the robots? I, Robot. Don't bring that up, dude. Uh-oh. I like it. Like that movie? Uh-oh. Uh oh. It, it's based off an, an Isaac Asimov book, and the book is like so much. It's a series of books, and they're so much better than the movie. Is like not. It's like when you watch Minority Report, and then you read the story, and you're like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> I like Minority Report too. <laughs> <laughs> read it's the a, it's, story, man. It's read a good. It's a good Tom. I don't need to. It's a Tom Cruise movie. I can watch that instead. <laughs> I can learn about the minority reports and try to figure out all about this Scientology craze. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I always I always say it doesn't matter how crazy Tom Cruise may or may not be. Rain Man is still awesome. Nice. Yeah, I can se- I can separate the the guy from the art and it's hard to do sometimes with some things. It is. It is it is kind of hard to do sometimes. True. But it depends on the situation and, and so far I can do that with his movies. Well, True. cocktail is always bad. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter, you know, what what uh, what sense you're talking? The cocktail is bad. Yeah, that's and two cocktails is is worse. Speaking Not of co- me, speaking of cocktails, where's my eggnog? Oh, yeah. Now, oh. I, now I wish I'd saved the vodka and sprite for up here. Oh well. <laughs> so guys, I have a I have a problem. What's up? What is your problem? I was I was laying in bed one night thinking about my uh, robot girlfriend <laughs> and. <laughs> I was like, huh, Christmas time is here. I do a show with two other really cool guys about creepy history. Is there any way I can take my one of my my favorite season of the year and mix it somehow with this podcast? And what did you tell yourself? I told myself to shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> well, yeah. You guys have an answer. That would be fantastic. <laughs> well, obviously. There's a lot of... You know what? And that's the thing. I, I, we knew uh, we wanted to do a show about Krampus. We mentioned it on a previous episode. So we're going to talk about Krampus. But I, I, I was I was talking to you guys earlier about it, um, how there's really not much literature, not much documentaries, not much, not much of anything on Krampus. I mean, you can find things, but not a huge wealth of knowledge on Krampus. So it was going to be tough to try to fill a whole show with it. Um, which is why we decided we were going to try to find other stories, maybe other things that happen in history or in the news and bring it to, uh, to try and touch on those types of things. Basically, it's it's a uh, just an overall all around creepy Christmas for this episode. And speaking of uh, let's go ahead and do our uh, our very special segment of current creeps, because I have one for you guys. Current creeps. All right. Go ahead. Who wants to go first? You've got a good one. I'll go, I'll go ahead and go first, because mine, yeah, mine literally happened yesterday or the day before, so it's Ooh. it's very current. It's in December. It's in the, the month of cheer and gift-giving, and the gift that was given to me is that a friend of mine, who I, who I was told I cannot say their name, so I'm not <laughs> going to do that out of respect for them, they spotted something in the sky, and they took a picture of it, which I sent to you both, mm-hmm. and... They were questioning what this was because they didn't know. They didn't They didn't say that it was a UFO. They never came out and said it was aliens or anything like that. They just said that they wanted to know what that was because they didn't know. And nobody had an answer for this person. I didn't have an answer for him because it just looks very odd. But what was even more odd, and I'll post this picture on our Facebook page at some point soon. But what was very odd is the fact that I was reading the comments under their post. And it was all these people... That and I knew some of them because we have a we have a we run in the same circle sometimes, and like gerbils, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and some of the friends were just started just telling stories of all the times they saw strange things in the sky in my area. This happened in my area, by the way. We live not that far from each other. Did anyone else so, comment and say, "Hey, I saw that too"? Yeah, a couple of people did. Uh, somebody said that they saw it in. Morganton, which is I live between here's a geography lesson. I live between the, the cities of Hickory and Morganton. That's probably the two of your bigger cities in this area. 
And they live in, the original person lives in Morganton. And one of the other people, uh, I mean, lives in Hickory. And the other person who lives in Morganton said, hey, we saw that in Morganton too. Really? So it, Yeah, so a lot of well, people that's, saw it. That's apparently. creepy. Yeah. And, and I was looking at the picture, and it kind of looks like three meteors almost together in one area. It was it, 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 do you guys kind of agree with that? It looks kind of weird. They have kind of tails to them. I'm trying to bring up the picture. Well, again. when I look at it, you know what I see when I see that? When I see, what, I know what you mean when you say tail. Uh, but what I think that is, is I think that's that slight um, motion of, of the human hand. Like, you can't help but be slightly jittery. So whatever, I honestly think those are okay. probably balls of light. But there's a slight, you know, pull on each of them because of the movement of the hand. Uh, what, you interests, right. what interests me is how they are in that triangular pattern, which you always hear about yep. when uh, people say they see these, you know, triangular shaped UFOs. It's always yep. these, these triangular lights. So that is super, dude, this is the, the, the fact that what I'm looking at is a picture you sent me that a friend of yours took. Like this is a legit, not doctored picture. Correct. Yes. And this person, uh, I have complete trust in. There's, they're not someone to make anything like this up. I mean, again, they didn't want me to even say their name. So, you know, it's, it's, they're not one to go about even talking about this sort of thing. That's crazy. I guess it's the first time. Which to me even lends more credibility to it. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it is. Uh, Again, there is an airport in Hickory. It's a small airport, but like this is daytime. This picture takes place during daytime. And I, I don't think that's a plane. No, that's awesome, dude. That's really cool. We'll have to put that up on the page right away. So people can see it when this episode goes up for sure. Yeah, I did see some interesting theories. Like one person said that, uh, you know, all airplanes have to get rid of uh, uh, extra waste, if you know what I mean. And like, it could be something like that. But, uh, you know, nobody knows for sure. Nice. Dude, that's really cool. It really is. My um, my story is not as creepy <laughs> um, or super strange or unexplained. Uh, but mine did happen recently as well. Mine happened, uh, what's today, the 10th or the 11th? Uh, mine happened a couple days ago. So apparently out in Arizona, uh, Black Canton City, Arizona, along um, I-17, there's a juniper tree. And for some reason, every year, mysteriously, no one's ever seen to be doing it, someone decorates it for Christmas. They put the garland on there. They put all kinds of different ornaments, giant candy cane looking ornaments and what looks like a star on the top. Uh, No one's ever seen to be doing it, but for some reason, it seems to every year it's there. And Arizona, the the Department of Transportation, Arizona actually posted about it on their site um, talking about how uh, what they did is they put a couple pictures up from previous years and they're saying how like they're the exact same ornaments. So it's the same person doing it. Uh, but I thought that was kind of a cool little current creeps that there's a little mystery tree decorator going on. And it's not the only one. I saw that also in the news, like all around the country, there are people who do this. They'll go out and decorate a tree uh, in the middle of a, a, a highway or, a, you know, a busy intersection um, in the middle of a busy intersection. There's <laughs> 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 trees in intersections. Uh, but you know what I mean? There's a, I think there was one that I saw that was like in Connecticut or something like that where the tree is kind of sad looking, almost Charlie Brownish, and that's how they decorate it to make it look like the Charlie Brown tree. That's really neat. Yeah. You know, th- that kind of thing does happen, not just around Christmas. Uh, like, I think for the longest time, it may still happen. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I think it's Edgar Allan Poe's uh, yes, I great site. Yeah. Yes. Somebody's already, every year, somebody puts something on there. Yeah, the anniversary. And I think and somebody staff. is still doing that. So that was my current creep. I thought it was just kind of cool. And if you live out in the Arizona area, go out to I-17, uh, check it just north of the Sunset Point rest stop. Uh, and there's a juniper tree that's decorated for Christmas. Take a picture and put it on our History Creeps page. Let us know you saw it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I want to see it. It would be very cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and you can go on the, like I said, you could also go on the Arizona Department of Transportation, azdot.gov, uh, and on their blog, they have a picture of the tree and a little, you know, a little article about it. Um, oh, this is what cool thing they said, too. It said, uh, another mystery that surrounds the tree is that uh, how it has survived brush fire after brush fire. 
The 2011 photo above shows the tree after a fire destroyed nearly all the vegetation around it. The tree, for some reason, seems to keep, like, avoiding any kind of crazy fire going around it. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of cool, huh? That's kind of a resilient tree right there. Yeah. That's a history creeps tree right there. We have our new mascot. <laughs> At least for well, the history, for the Christmas season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, uh, my current creeps is semi-current. It's current for me. I didn't, I've lived here my entire life and I did not know about this. Um, Johnny, I don't know if you're aware of this either. But uh, apparently, Lake Norman has a monster. Oh, nice. no. Are you serious? I'm serious. It's called Normie. <laughs> Normie. <laughs> we're, very good. we're very good at naming things here. <laughs> um, for our listeners, uh, and for Chris, because Chris doesn't know this, Lake Norman is uh, one of two uh, man-made lakes. Um, in our area, and they're very popular, you know, boating destinations, and lots of people own, like, lake houses, you know, out in that area. My father owns a lake house on Lake Norman. Um, so this thing is, uh, I, I did not know about this, and this is basically, as I understand it, divers have reported seeing a fish or some other type of unidentifiable creature um that's large enough to swallow a human oh nice and they swear that they're never gonna dive in certain areas of the lake again so this is a lake by you yeah yeah it's about maybe 25 30 minute drive from from my house have you been there oh yeah i've been there a lot how deep is that thing See, this is the thing. I didn't realize that the lake was that deep, but apparently in certain areas it's it's, you know, 25, 30 feet deep. Really? It's more. a good it's a good sized lake, too. It really is. It really yeah. is. So, the fact that, that that there could be something weird living there doesn't surprise me because it's a very large body of water. Is this a There's lake? Probably... Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Chris. No, go ahead. I was just going to say is this a lake that uh like people go to in the summertime or, or you know picnic around or you know gather around or, or is this just like a lake out in the middle of wilderness no this is like people have homes on this lake oh and, so has is there there's um, a bunch of sightings of this thing i i think so from what i understand Ooh. um the the little article says that a lot of fishermen and a lot of people that live on the lake have reported seeing this but they're not consistent on what it is or what it could be. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody says, oh, well, the Loch Ness Monster is like a plesiosaur or something based on all of the witness reports and everything. This could very well be like a really big freshwater eel. Yeah. That's like mutated or something because <laughs> uh, the Catawba, and Johnny knows this too, the Catawba River. Uh, is part of Lake Norman. And Johnny, what does the Catawba River go by? A lot of things, but I'm going to assume you're going to talk about the Duke thing. Yep, it's a uh, nuclear plant. Yep. Nice. It's on when that you river. said mutated, so, right away I thought of the three-eyed fish from The Simpsons. That's why I laughed. Yeah. Exactly! Exactly! <laughs> That's why I laughed. I, I chuckled because I thought of that right away. So then, then you say there's actually a power plant. That's... There is actually a power plant <laughs> yeah. on the river. There really is. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. Dude, yeah. so, and, and another thing to know about North Carolina is a lot of our rivers and such, you can't really see to the bottom of it due to the kind of soil and stuff we have. Yeah. Yep. So it's not really clear. It's kind of a you're kind of taking a chance just putting your foot in it. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. So that's even worse. But the other thing I was going to say is in North Carolina, there's quite a few man-made lakes besides those two. Those are just the ones that he mentioned are the big ones. But like if, if you're diving under those lakes, you'll find all kinds of old uh, old towns that used to be towns, and then we just flooded them for these lakes. Really? Yeah. Yep. Holy crap! That's crazy. I wonder how many are like Isn't that around it? the country. There's a lot what, around the country. Yeah. We North should, Carolina was very good at it there for a while from the sounds of things. We though. should do a show about that. We were. Un- underwater towns. Yeah. That's that's just creepy. And I could go underwater being underwater town's end. 
Oh, it just sounds righty. Up. On that note. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good collection of current creeps. I like that. Not bad. The normie. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to have to check that out. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I, I, I did not. I did not know about that, man, which is weird because, like I said, I've lived here my whole life. And, it, you know, being a guy like me, I, you know, urban legends and stuff like that are kind of an interest of mine. Yeah. Not a hobby. As George Carlin said, hobbies cost money. Um, so not having heard that, I was very interested in it because it was like, well, wait a minute. How come I didn't know? Oh, everybody knows about it. We just didn't tell you, you know. What's that about? How come I never heard about this? That's funny. So I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit more and see what I can come up with because it really kind of piqued my interest. Sweet. So maybe, in a, in a, you know, down the road, you I can, can, bring I can update. Yeah, I can maybe. Yeah, I can maybe come up with a little more current for that current creeps because I don't really. Maybe you can take a boat out on the lake and see if you can bring us a story or two. Dude, my dad has a boat. There you go. He has two. He Uh-oh. has two, actually. History so. creeps on the scene. Bring yourself a little digital recorder and record while you're out there. Yeah, and, a lo- and a lot of beer. Bring yourself a... a Especially a gri- if I'm going to confront a monster, dude. <laughs> Bring yourself a, gri- a grizzled old fisherman that can tell you some tales while you're out there. Yeah. By the light of a, yeah. a lantern. And make sure you... Well, and that's what, and that's what makes me laugh, so laugh about it, is that it's... I've been going to this lake also since I was a kid. There you go, You know, dude. Lake Norman and Lake Wiley, and this is never... It makes me want to go to, you know, dig into Lake Wiley and be like, is there a creepy monster that lives in Lake Wiley, too? <laughs> you know, this does bring me to a, th- a thought that I had. A lot of these lakes, I mean, not just the one you're saying, but I don't know if you ever just listen to old people in your town just talk, but all of them will bring up, hey, there's this huge fish or whatever there. Uh, there's this river really close to me, and... It, it, there's a there's a dam there that kind of dams the water up a little bit, but even so, it's still not super duper deep. I mean, it would go over my head, but it's not like it's you know a hundred feet down there. But however, people to this day still claim there's like a like a, a bass fish down there that's so big that it could swallow a, a person. And there's no way, there's no way it wouldn't fit. <laughs> that reminds me of a movie. There's some movie about that a giant giant fish that the dude tries to catch. Oh, I can't remember what it is. That's pretty funny. They do oh, it in Grumpier Old Men. Maybe that, oh, that is it. It's Grumpier Old yeah, Men. That's the Catfish one. Catfish Hunter. That's right. Catfish yeah. Hunter. Nice. Oh, that must be Jaws 2. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, man, Jaws 2 was okay. At least it still had Roy Scheider. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, speaking about like not having heard about stuff before, I mean, when did, when did you see you heard about this, Carter? This week? This month? Just, just, yeah, like just this week I heard about this. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, first I was like, Nah, you're pulling my leg. Like this isn't a real, this isn't a real thing, you know. And yeah. no, nah, it's it's a thing. That's funny. So yeah, but so, so speaking of that, like uh, on our topic today, Krampus. I just heard about Krampus. When did that movie come out? Last year. Yeah, I think so. it's that, a fairly recent film. Yeah, the, 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 I think it's 2015 horror comedy uh, holiday movie Krampus that came out in the theaters. Um, yeah, because this is the first year I was able to watch it at home during Christmas time. But that's the first I'd ever heard of it. I had never heard of Krampus before, and and I thought it was really? made up. Yeah, yeah, serious. And I, I was like, okay, this sounds this is a weird kind of a movie. And then I heard like Krampus was a real like legend, like a folklore tale that they told in Europe. And I was like, really? And I didn't realize this at all. So when I heard like how much there was to this, how tied he was to Saint Nick. I was just like, how am I just hearing about this now, knowing that I'm into like the creepy, weird things? You know what I mean? Like, how did I not hear yep. of Krampus before? Um, so let's get into it, guys. You want to talk about Krampus? Yeah, I'm ready. Re- re- yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know, it's. I think the reason that you probably may not have heard of him until recently, Chris, is that it's it's more it's more like a German. That area, Germany, kind of uh, folklore. Yeah, and he's been around for a long time. I mean, for centuries, and he's and he's huge, and he's <laughs> cracking open a drink over there, Carter. <laughs> Krampus is thirsty. Right, yeah, try to keep it all quiet over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, before before Krampus. Uh, 
interrupted me. <laughs> so, so oh, that's awesome. So, okay, he's, so it comes from the Germanic people, like that area of Europe. He's been around for a while. I mean, okay. for a long time. I mean, over in Europe now, there are plenty of countries in which they actually kind of celebrate them. They have little festivals and stuff all about Krampus. Yeah, I saw. There's uh, there's a huge resurgence uh, with this character of folklore. Yeah, and he's just now really starting to hit the United States. Back when he was huge over in Europe, there was also a certain church that was also huge, uh, and still kind of is, but you know, they they were huge back then, where they kind of had control over everything. That being the <laughs> Catholic Church, <laughs> and they were they were sort of against it for some odd reason, and we'll get into why here soon. Okay, so Chris, since you're you know less about this, and Carter yeah. and I kind of know, I've heard of it before. What do you know of Krampus? Like, what is Krampus? I know that um, there's two differing stories. There's one where he's this, like, devilish demon that, like, uh, for kids that are good, obviously St. Nick or Chris Kringle, Santa brings you gifts and, and brings you good things. But when you're a bad kid, uh, it's not about getting coal. It's about Krampus, this demon monster, coming to your room at night. Or I, I don't know if he comes down a chimney as well, but I know – the he whips children or beats children with with a, a whipping stick um and in some stories he kidnaps children um and, and yeah, tortures them uh and then there's the other sto- the other side of it like he does all that but he's not just a demon like he's like the brother of of saint nicholas like he's the the helper of santa claus and they both fly around from house to house together and uh if you're not a good kid, Chris Kringle doesn't even bother. He just waits in the sleigh while you're being tortured. Those are that's <laughs> yeah, like, what I so like, that, like the great saint he is. <laughs> so that, I haven't heard that one, but that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, so I yeah. know I know that one, and I, uh, the other thing I know basically is just from the movie, which I just watched before doing the show today. Because I was putting up my tree, I was you know filling up the glass of eggnog, and I thought, you know what? Why not let, watch the movie just to kind of get in the mood for this this podcast today? And I got to tell you, the movie was pretty. I liked it. It's pretty crazy cool. Uh, but if it's any awesome. if any of that is in the folklore too, I'm that, that's just amazing. So I'm I'm really interested well, to helpers, hear about it. His helpers are in the folklore. The elves, remember the elves that came yeah. through the window? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to hear about this. Yeah, okay, that's and the, in other, the folklore. And Krampus is like I said, is getting pretty big here now. I mean, he's even starting to hit our uh, our pop culture. I mean, he was on a one of the episodes of American Dad was all about Krampus. Uh, he's been in all kinds of stuff. He's really starting to catch on. There's a movie like you just said, all of just about Krampus. Now, everything I'm about to tell you is actually off of National Geographic, so that's my source for nice. this. So, I really wanted to learn about what Krampus was, where he originated from, and you were really close. He's a, he's a half-goat, half-demon, and the gist of it is, is pretty much what you said. If the kids are naughty, that's when he comes in, and he pretty much... He has like a chain with bells on it, and he beats them with that, and he also has a bundle of birch sticks... And he'll either beat the kids or he'll kidnap the kids and take them back to his lair and beat them there, I'm assuming. Wow. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess and, this is the this is the tale you want to tell that kid that can't be bought off with. Yeah, you that's know, that's why he was presents. that's why he was there. Because you know, if you think about it, they also have their version of Santa Claus over there too. This is all in Germany. Yeah. And uh you know, Santa Claus, of course, as everybody knows. He either brings you coal or he brings you toys if you've been a good boy. Right. If you've been a bad boy, you're going to get coal. That's what we were told over here. Yeah. They they still have that there, by the way. So what made me laugh was when I was researching this, not only did the bad kid get coal, but he also got the crap beat out of him by this <laughs> half-go-half-demon guy. <laughs> That's so horrible, dude. Yeah. did not be a little shit again. <laughs> you most certainly won't. Uh, so in German, Krampus means what, guys? I don't know. I have no clue. Grandpa? No. <laughs> claw. I, the claw? Yeah, C-L-A-W, claw. Nice. Now, in, uh, now they claim that he's actually the son of Hell, that's H-E-L, which is the Norse uh, mythology ruler of, well, of, of Hell or the realm of the dead. Oh, really? That's where he kind of comes from. Uh, his legend is it's part of a centuries-old German Christmas tradition. And like you kind of mentioned before, he's sort of the anti-Santa. Like, if you think Santa, he's the complete opposite of old St. Nick, for yeah. the most part. 
And he would swap bad children and take them back to his lair. And this is kind of how it goes. Uh, December 6th, which is Krampus night there. Uh, if you're bad, Krampus shows up the night before December 6th. And he that's when he takes the kids or beats them. Because the night after that is when Santa Claus shows up. And this is something I didn't know. You know, every country has their own kind of tradition with when it comes to Santa Claus. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, we put out stockings on our chimneys. Yeah. Over there, the German kids, I don't know if they do this now, but back then they would leave a shoe outside their door. I've heard of that, and, yeah. And when uh, the next morning, they would either have coal in it, like I said, or they would have a toy in it. And that's that's when they knew they had been good or bad and Santa had been there. Nice. And of course, if you were naughty, you were beaten the night before, <laughs> and then you woke up to got coal the next night, the next day. So it's a great, great Christmas for you. <laughs> No All right. kidding. I want to interject something really quick. Uh, Go for it. If there's any parents that have kids listening, cover their ears real quick. Uh, okay, so we all know who Santa is, right, guys? So, yes. like, to enforce this idea of Krampus, did they really dress up like this demon and come in and whip the crap out of their kids <laughs> the night before? I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, the night before, if your kids just acting up just a little bit? Uh, you'd, be like, you'd be like, hey, did you hear that on the roof? <laughs> I hear some hooves. <laughs> and then they, they, they go to sleep terrified, and then all of a sudden they're waking up, and they're being beaten by the with sticks. And the yeah, parents are wearing these masks, you know, laughing and going nuts. And they go to school the next day and talk about how Krampus visited them and beat the crap out of them. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. All right, we can go. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, now let's kind of that's that's the gist of the tale. That's what he is. Yeah. That's that's where he came from, and that's what, like you said, Chris. You know, don't let the kids hear this from here on out. But <laughs> that's what the the parents would use to get the kids to behave better. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, like we kind of use it now, but we just we use Santa Claus as the one to get you to behave better because you get something for being good. These are the ones. Well, that, we do coal. Yeah, we do the coal thing. Yeah, these are the yeah, ones that can't be yeah. bought. Like these are the kids that are like, I don't care if I don't get any presents. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna get a whooping. Yeah, because they got presents anyway. Because here's a spoiler alert: even the bad kids that I knew in my neighborhood got toys anyway. Sometimes better. Yep, same here. Yeah. So spoiler same alert. Here. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, like I told you before, the reason that is just now kind of hitting our area is because it was suppressed for a long, long time. The Catholic Church suppressed it majorly because they thought obviously it had a lot of uh, demons and that sort of stuff mixed into it yeah and they were all against that they didn't want any of that to be out be out there and about so they were suppressing it as much as they could uh-huh. and also what really it was also suppressed by fascists in world war ii europe because they considered krampus a social democrat creation <laughs> i did see that i did see that nazi that's uh, interesting the nazis were very much against any of the uh, depictions of, of krampus during the holiday season which is wild because if you look into the Nazis, a lot of the Nazis are really, really into the occult and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you would think yeah. they would love, you would think they would love Krampus. Right, no kidding. Well, yeah. and they're Nazis too, so you know. Yeah. But the <laughs> and I wanted to end my little tale on Krampus on this. This is the part that really made me laugh. Okay, what are one of the major complaints about uh Christmas now here in the United States? Is that it's very over commercialized now, yeah. right? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're starting to complain about with Krampus now. <laughs> he's commercialized. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Hollywood movie. Of course, he's commercialized. There's a Hollywood movie of him. Hollywood and, movie? Are they? These people obviously haven't seen Krampus, have they? <laughs> and in other countries too, like I said, they have festivals about him. They actually yeah. sell little trinkets and stuff with him on them. So he, he kind of makes other countries a little bit of money too on the side. So I saw there's. Yeah, I saw there's one town in Germany where they they dress up, but all the all these different men dress up as Krampus in in a parade. Yep. That at the culmination, I guess Saint Nick shows up and wrangles them all together, uh, and they give yep. out they give out presents to all the kids that are that are around for the parade. <laughs> you imagine bringing a- you imagine bringing your kid to a, a parade and these like realistic demonic masks just walking by like that's that's the holiday spirit for them. Well, so, why not, right? I mean, so who's worse? Is Krampus worse or is Santa Claus worse? <laughs> oh, God. Can you just imagine the idea <laughs> of that? Like, oh, I can't wait to put on, you know, uh, White Christmas. I can't wait to put the lights on, the candles, 
chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and Krampus, the demon that beats the crap out of the kids. Hey, my my kid's gonna watch Krampus. Dude, it's a. If she's old enough. Why not? Right. It's a crazy. It's a crazy little uh, folktale, but it, it's interesting to to find out like that. You can't pin down where it came from. Who came up with the idea? Uh, whereas, like the idea of Saint Nicholas or, or the the actual Saint Nick, um, you can pin down. There's actual historical, you know, time that this saint that that this guy. Um, you know, lived and went around and gave presents to the poor and did that thing. So, like, we know who Saint Nicholas is, and we know where the idea for the the, the legend of Santa Claus came from, and all that stuff. Yeah, Coca Cola. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, and it's funny they talk about that in the in that horror movie. Um, but um, but yeah, but for like, yeah, Kramp- they do. That's why you need to see Krampus. Johnny. Krampus is <laughs> it, it's cool how Krampus is one of these things that that actually predates that it's almost like it's an ancient thing like it came from the pagans or from you know the druids or somebody you know those those civilizations from a time before if you will well it yeah. makes you wonder if krampus and Samhain don't you know kick it when they're not on their respective holidays you know because well, they're obviously. basically the same guy well obviously uh no but i like i when i found out about krampus i was like this is first of all the sound of the name was weird because i thought of a grandfather a gramp a gramps yeah you know, but then uh, the more I learned about it, I was like, this is just crazy. And then you see a lot of the artwork, the old, you know, folk artwork depicting him. He's very devilish looking. Um, and the one thing I did well, see is is after World War II, when he, he made a kind of a comeback in a lot of the advertising, it was all very risque. Like he was uh, infatuated with voluptuous women in all these ads. Well, who is it? Did you, well, did you well, see these? True. Have you seen those? Yeah, I have. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I was like, what? Seen him, that's my new screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> that's my wrapping paper for the holidays. <laughs> but, you know, if you really think about it, though, like even our traditions now with Santa Claus are weird if if you didn't grow up with it. I mean, you let a guy comes into your house once a year in the middle of the night yeah. and leaves you something and eats your food and drinks your milk. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, yeah, all over the world they have these weird traditions for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I know in Sweden they have a thing called a tomte, and it's like this little little like gnomish guy that uh, can be a shapeshifter. He can shape you know shift into different things, but you're supposed to leave. I believe it's like porridge. You leave porridge out for him, and something else. And then, aren't you supposed to leave something out for Krampus too? Like so I, I thought I saw something like bourbon or something like a, a, a like a, a liquor. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a liquor, <laughs> or was I wrong? Am I not? Am I thinking of something else? That's not that's not Krampus. That's for your grandfather who leaves you. Yeah. you know. <laughs> that's for Grampus. He leaves you. Yeah, the, that's for Grampus. He leaves right you a half dollar in your in your uh, your stocking, as long yeah, as as long as you leave him a, a a shot of whiskey. Good whiskey, not that rock guy. That's awesome. Yeah, no Krampus. <laughs> that's a never heard of him. So it was kind of cool to uh, to get to know a little bit about that. What else did you guys have? Did you guys see any other weird things about Christmas or uh, or the holidays or anything like that? There was one thing I saw, and I was going to ask if you guys had ever heard about this. Um, have you guys ever heard about uh, the New Yorker in 1941 carrying an ad uh, in November 22nd that basically warned or predicted uh, a secret prediction of Pearl Harbor? Huh. No, I never heard about this. Yeah, so in the New Yorker, November 22nd, 1941, you can actually type that into Google, just New Yorker, uh, NOV for November 22, 1941. Uh, if you click images, um, in the second row of images, you'll see like a long strip, and that's the ad. And basically what the ad is, is it shows these people uh, in an underground bunker while there's an air raid going on above them. And it looks like they're shooting dice. And the ad actually, the ad reads, uh, warning, we hope you'll never have to spend a long winter's night in an air raid shelter, but we were just thinking it's only common sense to be prepared. If you're not too busy between now and Christmas, why not sit down and plan a list of things you'll want to have on hand? Canned goods, of course, and candles, sterno, bottled water, sugar, coffee. It goes on and lists a bunch of stuff. Then it says, and though it's no time really to be thinking of what's fashionable, we bet that most of your friends will remember to include those intriguing dice and chips, which makes Chicago's favorite game, the Deadly Double. So that's the weird thing. It's, it's, a, it's a little ad talking about an air raid, right? Not only yeah. that, throughout the entire New Yorker issue, uh, there are little 
tiny ads that point you back to this ad. It says see advertisement on page 86, but these tiny ads have the same thing. Warning, Octung, alerte. See advertisement, page 86. But then it shows two dice. And on the dice, one of them has the number 12. The other one has the numbers 07. Which Whoa. is which is the day that Pearl Harbor was attacked. Now, you tell me what dice has the number 12 on it. And which dice has the number 7 on it. That's weird. I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. Yeah, right? But that this is this was um, apparently there was a guy that that wrote an article um, and talked about how this was he had met a guy while he was on a flight a, a CIA agent or essential an intelligence agent who told him that this was uh, it was basically a secret a secret warning. Isn't that weird. That is weird. That well, is you know, well, we did well. You know, a lot of people say that they did know. A lot of people did know that that attack was going to happen. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's that. It's very, it's very wild, though. But apparently, people st- right, right away. A lot of people noticed it after Pearl Harbor during that time. So much so that the government actually um, investigated the company that that created that game and put those ads out to see if they were, uh, if it was a, a coded message to alert you know Japanese sympathizers in our country to rise up during that time. Huh. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. That's, that's yeah. crazy. It's, uh, there's an article that says that letters, calls, and telegrams in profusion started coming into the office of the company and to the editors of the magazine from would-be J. Edgar Hoover's and amateur G-men demanding an explanation of what they described as a tip-off to all loyal Japs in the United States and its possessions to make arrangements for protection from a surprise attack. So I thought that was kind of a cool little weird thing that happened uh, around Christmas. I mean, it was earlier than Christmas, but that's one weird thing that we saw. I know you saw one also, Johnny, you were talking about. Yeah, there, there's this story about a woman named Matilda Rooney, and it's it's very interesting. There was a, there was a, back in 1885, there was a farmhand, and his name was John Larson. And that Christmas... He spent it with his employers who were Patrick and Matilda Rooney, and they were an older couple, an elderly couple, and they lived uh, in Illinois. Apparently that night, uh, Christmas Eve, they had drinks and stuff like you know, a lot of people do, and then they went to bed, and everybody went to bed to go to sleep. He said sometime during the middle of the night, he had a coughing fit and he had trouble breathing, but then he went back to sleep. Now, the reason I tell you that is that the next day, wait, and this is on Christmas Day when he wakes up, uh, he said there were traces of soot were were on his pillow, and lo- and he went downstairs, and then he found Patrick dead in his bedroom, oh. but Matilda was nowhere to be found. Later that day, he wandered into the kitchen and found a large blackened hole in the floor, and it rested alongside what appeared to be the charred remains of a human foot. A pile of ash was inside the hole, and that, my friends, was all that was left of Matilda Rooney. <laughs> Spontaneous wow. human combustion. So, yeah, the big SHC there. Uh, uh, they said that the estimated temperature of the fire that consumed her was was fourteen hundred degrees Celsius. Wow! But there were, oh, Lord. But, but you know, in a lot of these, I don't know if you guys have read any of these kind of spontaneous human combustion things, but as in a lot of those other ones, uh, there were no other signs of fire damage other than that actual spot. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, and they determined that later that her husband Patrick, who I told you, was found dead, had died from uh, smoke and inhalation. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's weird. And that would also explain Larson why he had a coffin fit that night. Yep. That is crazy. I did see that story because I was looking up all kinds of mysteries and unsolved things that may have happened around Christmas time and the holiday season. So that came up on a few lists that I found. Uh, one one that I found, I wanted to know if you guys had ever heard of this. Um, it's the Pleasant Valley Memorial Park Jane Doe. You ever heard of I this? I don't think so. So December, on December 18th, 1996, a woman was found lying dead atop a plastic sheet in Annandale, Virginia at the Pleasant Valley Memorial Park Cemetery. She was approximately 60 years old and carried no identification. Brandy and Valium were found in her system. A plastic bag was taped over her head. She had asphyxiated. 
It seems she did not want anyone to know her identity as she had note a note which read, Deceased by own hand. Prefer no autopsy. It was signed Jane Doe. Jane Doe also requested to be cremated and left behind two $50 bills to cover the expense. The scene contained many strange clues about this mysterious woman's background. She had set up a miniature Christmas tree beside her and decorated it. She also had a portable tape player and comedy tapes in her possession. She died with headphones on, listening to the famous 2,000-year-old man comedy routine by Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. The most intriguing aspect of Jane Doe's suicide was that she was found in the section of the cemetery where deceased infants were buried. Sadly, no one has ever come forward to identify Jane Doe, and her motivations remain a mystery. Now that is creepy. Isn't that That's crazy? That's just sad, man. It is That's sad. Super, it's sad and creepy, and- and do they know for sure that she did it to herself? Yeah, I don't know. I did. That's the. Only, I didn't see anything else that talked about like. Uh, that's a hell of a way to stage a scene if it's not, you know, suicide. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what. I, that's what I'm saying though. Like, if you wanted to get away with something, you know, I'm kind of surprised that some other weirdo hasn't tried that on somebody. <laughs> they try to get away with it, you know. Yeah, that's nuts, right? You know what else came up on a list I was looking at? Remember, uh, we talked about this on the show. Uh, Rhonda Henson happened around Christmas time. Yep, December 22nd or something like that. Yep. Yep. Did you guys have any I- other ones? Carter? Oh, I had yeah, I had a little a little ditty little anecdotes. Um well, Remember, Chris, you were saying a little while ago that you had never really heard of Krampus? Yeah. Like, until recently? Yeah. Um, well, when I was a kid, about eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. I wish I had a drink um, right now that I could just open on the microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, my mom used to drop me off at this uh, day camp, um, at a uh, elementary school and every summer it was the same kids you know that you had seen the previous summer. so you were still friends with everybody and you hung out and whatnot so when i was probably somewhere in there eight nine or ten i can't remember where um one of the guys that i was there with uh told me a story guy's name was houston so houston if you're listening somewhere this one's for you brother <laughs> nice um he told me this story about his uh, grandmother on his mom's side. And his mom's family was German. And he told me about Krampus when I was, you know, single digits age. And man, that story scared the shit out of me for years on Christmas. It was like, am I going to be good enough to get presents? Or, or I'd hear something downstairs and be like, oh shit, the Krampus is here. I, I haven't been good enough. I know I haven't been good enough to get presents this year. I'm going to get my ass kicked. He's going to come up here and he's going to beat the crap out of me. And then over time, I just forgot about it, you know. And it didn't It didn't come back to me until all this Krampus stuff started coming back up. <laughs> nice. And then, But that was one of those things that, you know, when you're a kid, you know, and you hear that you th- and you think about, wow, you know, it, it, it goes beyond that. Oh, yeah, who cares about a lump of coal? Yeah, you know, ooh, sc- real scary lump of coal. A demon's coming you know, at but, you instead. Y- yeah, the demon's coming to beat the crap out of you for being such a little bastard all year long. Forget that. <laughs> I swear, that's man. There were Christmases where I would lay in my bed, not being able to sleep, scared. You know that that Krampus was was coming, and I'd hear noises. And in retrospect, it was probably just my parents. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, how about this to scare? I, I there was a story, and I wish I could find the inf like the contextual information, like maybe dates or something. And I can't, I can't remember where I read it, um, so I couldn't find all the info. But I don't know if maybe you guys have ever heard of this. There's a, I don't know if it's an urban legend or a story, but um, apparently back in the 70s or yeah, I'm thinking it was the 60s or 70s in Arkansas, there was a guy that dressed up like Santa Claus and went around, uh, this neighborhood and left 10 different packages all around these ho- these, these different houses. And so the, the people would find them, uh, you know, and ended up opening them. And a lot of them contained like little trinkets and toys and gifts, but one of them, uh, contained all kinds of different like papers, like 
office papers, work papers, just um, all kinds of old dated papers. Um, but in the mix of all these papers was one note and it was all handwritten, scrawled in big letters. And it said, um, I can't be held responsible what, uh, for what happens to your son. Uh, and this woman who had opened it, she had a son. So it freaked her out. Um, but nothing happened. You know, she, I guess she got the cops involved, but nothing happened. They couldn't figure out where it came from. Year went by nothing. Two years went by went nothing. So two years went by. And one day the kid is out like riding his bike and crossing the street. And someone just blasts into him with a car and keeps going. Doesn't stop. And was never solved. The kid's death was never solved. You ever hear that one? No, but that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, that was one of these wow. crazy things I saw come up. Um, yeah, there was. Oh, I also found a. You guys have anything else? Because there's a couple that I have as well that I found that I thought you guys would be interested in. Yeah, go for it. Uh, you have anything, Johnny? No, I'm all done. Oh, sweet. Then I have two more. The, uh, the one thing I saw was called the Warminster thing. You hear about this? Hit us, hit no, us, and, it, and it's one. called thing as in like the thing, like John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, but not the creature thing. Uh, so I'll read the little article piece on it. It just says, um, On Christmas morning in 1964, many Warminster residents were disturbed by a series of strange noises which consisted of strong pounding vibrations and could be best described as sonic attacks. One resident, Oh, I did hear about this. Yes, one resident was awoken by the repeated sound of something falling on her roof. When she looked out the window, she heard a strange humming noise, but the weather was clear and nothing had come in contact with the roof. This reminded me of those uh, trumpet sound things, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this same experience was reported by many different residents in different locations that morning, including 30 soldiers at a nearby base camp. However, no one saw anything strange, nor could they figure out where these sounds originated. The most unusual incident involved a resident named Marjorie Bai. While walking to church for a Christmas service, Bai was so overwhelmed by vibrating noises that she was knocked to the ground and rendered unable to move. In her own words, she was, quote, pinned down by the invisible fingers of sound. Over the course of the next year, there were numerous report, uh, reported incidents of strange unexplained sounds in Warminster. These noises were eventually nicknamed The Thing. By summer of 65, witnesses started reporting UFOs in the sky. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That is some weird, wild stuff. <laughs> weird and crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the second I read that, and I was like, dude, that totally reminds me of those weird trumpet sounds. After we taught, did that last episode of History Creeps, uh, I just can't, I'm obsessed with watching and seeing these videos online of those trumpet sounds, and they just—it's just going to creep you out. It's just going to creep you out more and more, you know. It does, dude, and it's just to me, it really feels like it could be alien, like these alien sonic sounds. So then, when I saw this, I was like, "What? This is crazy." Bet you if they had video cameras back then, you know, trained on those noises, it probably would have sounded the same. It might have. There's a good chance creep creep creepy um all right dudes i got one last one uh this one's a little bit cooler this is just a a, a kind of a, a an unknown mystery i didn't know this as, as a mystery and it's very christmas themed uh do you guys know about the mystery of the author of twas the night before christmas yes this is a good one sweet let me read this little i have thing. not heard this one. cool i'll read this little thing for our listeners and for carter uh so virtually everyone who celebrates Christmas is familiar with the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Believe it or not, the origin of this poem has some mystery attached to it. For many years, no one knew who wrote it. A Visit from St. Nicholas was sent anonymously to the Sentinel, a newspaper in Troy, New York, and first published on December 23, 1823. The poem proved enormously popular, but the author's identity was unknown. Finally, in 1844, a professor named Clement Clark Moore claimed credit for writing the poem, which he had been sent to the Sentinel by one of Moore's friends. The story goes that Moore was hesitant to take credit for the poem because he was embarrassed by it and considered it unscholarly. However, some historians do not believe Moore was the actual author. A professor named Donald Wayne Foster presented compelling evidence in 2000 that the real author of A Visit from St. Nicholas was actually Henry Livingston Jr., who died in 1828. Foster believed the poem bore a striking resemblance to Livingston's other writings, but was strange, a strange anomaly in Moore's body of work. 
Some called Moore a sour, unsentimental individual and asserted that a visit from St. Nicholas did not fit his persona, but other historians do disagree. One of the most compelling pieces of evidence in favor of Livingston is that the names of Sansa's last two reindeer in the poem were originally Dunder and Blixem, and only became Donder and Blitzen because of the printer's error. Many years later, Moore wrote out copies of his poem, but committed the same mistake by writing Donder and Blitzen. The words Dunder and Blixem are actually Dutch for thunder and lightning. Moore spoke no Dutch, but Livingston did. Still, after two centuries, the debate rages on about who really wrote Twas the Night Before Christmas. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'd have to say, if, if uh, just based on this little anecdote, um, if, if you have those kind of you know those kind of uh, clues that one spoke Dutch, the other didn't, one wrote the thing out and still wrote whatever the uh, the edit you know the editor <laughs> <Yeah>. messed up. <laughs> So it sounds like some guy tried to jump in and cash in on it. I don't think it's that yeah. much of yep. a mis- that much of a mystery, but it is kind of cool that it, it, that it's not a soft thing and uh, it's kind of Christmas theme. It is kind of cool. That is very cool. You know, back then a lot of people would write anonymous things. Oh yeah, so yeah. for sure, very cool. Yeah, Ab- yeah, Abraham Lincoln wrote a lot of poetry and put it under a different name. Oh, I didn't know that really. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that either. Oh, some really depressing stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> if, you want, if you want to read about a guy who just makes a whole poem about suicide, Abraham Lincoln did that. Oh, my gosh. That is pretty he, interesting. But honestly, he was very good. He was a very good writer. So, Aside from his death, have we ever covered Lincoln on our show? No. Because that's so. one of those things that would be cool to talk about on the show. We might have to do something, uh, an episode on things you may not have known about presidents. Well, I would like that. That'd be very cool. So guys, yeah, I enjoyed this. Cool. I enjoyed this holiday Christmas episode. Absolutely. It was fun. Little Krampus for you. Little creep factors. So guys, I guess the best way to close this out would be, do you think you're going to get uh, a cool present in your stocking or is Krampus going to come and visit you? Oh, I'm definitely getting cool presents. Krampus got no place in this home. Carter? I am uh, probably shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> Lock your door, Carter. Lock your door. <laughs> if I've learned anything from Supernatural, just put a ring of salt around your house. You'll be fine. There you a go. couple devil's traps will be good. We'll be yep. good. <laughs> nice. Call Uncle Crowley and you'll be safe. What about you, Johnny? <laughs> I have a feeling, Johnny, uh, you're going to definitely get presents. I bet I'm I'm a pretty good boy, so if I don't have that robotic girlfriend by you know New Year's, then I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, well, guys, it was a great show. Uh, let's let's close it out the way we normally do. Let's just tell these people where they can find us, what they can find that we do. Sounds good. I'll go first. I decided it. Do it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can find my art as well as the other stuff that I do on Johnnyism28 on Instagram. Also, my other podcast, which is on its very same network that I'm sure Chris is going to bring up, is called Retro Blist. That's where my buddy Trevor and I talk about the old school video games from your Nintendos to your Sega Genesis and such. And uh, there's an Instagram page for that as well. It's just at Retro Blist and also at Retro Blist on the Facebook page. Awesome. Carter, what about you, man? I am Carter Johnson, hard writer aficionado. Uh, you can find my stuff on Amazon, uh, House on Dead Boy Lane, Meadowview Road, or Spider's Web. Um, and that's that's pretty much that. Pretty soon you're going to have to start saying horror writer aficionado, geek daddy extraordinaire. Right? Soon, yeah. soon to be I like the daddy. way that sounds. <laughs> nerd, <laughs> nerd daddy or geek daddy, whatever you feel like, right? Nerd Daddy. Awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This is Chris Chavez, uh, one third of the History Creeps co-hosts. I also do Back Issues comic book podcast, found on the same network as Retro Blist. Uh, that's b i c b p radio dot com. I highly recommend you go check it out. See what other podcasts are on there. When you get a feel for what we have to offer, go subscribe on iTunes. Rate review. Uh, let us know how you think. We're also on Stitcher uh, and other podcast outlets. 
that's bicbp-radio.com. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, History Creeps. Give us a like. Stay up on our newest episodes. And uh, we've been a little bit more active on there, putting up little articles and little little pieces of information. So uh, give us a like, follow, and, and, and fill your feet up with some cre- cre- creepy history posts. Yeah, and everybody have a yeah. very have a very very creepy holiday. Yes. For Johnny Townsend. And a scary new year. For Johnny Townsend, Carter Johnson, this is Chris Chavez. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Stay creepy. Adios. What's that on the roof? Krampus. Get my shotgun. <laughs> <laughs>